You're listening to Between Two Bridges, a business-to-business podcast. With your hosts, Anthony R. Destiny, Joe Ferrani, and Jerry Kenna. Interviewing entrepreneurs, business operators, and investors. This episode of Between Two Bridges is sponsored by Paymark Payroll. Payday is the most important day to your most important people. And Payday is made easy at www.payyourpeople.com. Hello, everyone. We are here with another episode of Between Two Bridges. I'm your co-host, Anthony Ardestini. To my left. Joe Ferrani. And Jerry Kenna. And uh, kicking off 2024, we have our, our first female. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Angel Kuhn, co-owner of Don Kuhn Auto Body. Okay. So um, I guess to start us off, I'll take you back to uh, 2006. I was driving to a, a Leonard Skinner concert. <laughs> I got a... Uh, rear-ended so there used to be a little bar by i think 40th street and uh ended up still driving to the concert so my whole back end was smashed but when i got home my mom recommended don coon so that's that's where it ended up someone called me asked asked if i wanted the total of the car it was just like a college thing but i was like nah fix it so um that's how i got introduced to you but um, interesting (laughs) take us back a little bit but um Obviously, the first guest with the automotive background. So, you could, how did you get into that as a family business? So, I actually ran out of gas, okay. and <laughs> I was dating my husband at the time, who is the grandson of he is Don Coon. Mm-hmm. So, he, I called on, and I'm leaving college and going to lunch, and I called on, and I'm like, "Hey, I ran out of gas. Come get me. I'm on." 28 or 22 (laughs) and uh he sends his grandpa and you know don senior so this like six foot two old guy white hair comes and i'm like (laughs) my boyfriend's grandpa i never met before so he's lecturing me the whole way back because he had to tow he just came and towed it rather than bring gas so i'm sitting in the waiting room and um his wife offers me a job as a secretary And so I take it because at the time I'm working at like Dave and Buster's, did not like it there. And uh, I started at Don Coon Auto Body making $8.50 an hour, basically being her personal assistant. And then just really grew from there. Different opportunities presented themselves. Um, Say maybe about three years after working there. They asked me if I had any interest in becoming an estimator. So mm-hmm. I did. I switched offices, went and worked basically underneath Dawn's uncle, and um, eventually got my estimator's license. Did you know anything about cars beforehand? I grew up with the boys, you yeah. know, in the neighborhood. So, like, I knew enough to, like, get the dirt bike started again. But that was <laughs> about it. Like, nothing, I didn't know what, like, a broken rad support was or anything. Um, 
but I had an interest. I wouldn't say, like, no interest at all. I definitely had an interest, so that's kind of why I pursued it. Yeah. Opportunity knocks. Yeah. <laughs> and it came knocking. Are you from, are you from the area? <laughs> yeah. Take us back, I guess, to the start. Born and raised in Penn Hills. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually from North Bessemer. Mm-hmm. Um, went to Penn Hills till about 10th grade. And then I went to Boys Middle College for high school. Um, graduated from there, and I did go to, I have a, a associates in business management. So in between all that, different jobs, you know, college jobs. I was a housekeeper um, at a hotel in Monroeville. Um, worked at the car wash, the Shell in Penn Hills, and then, um, like I said, she presented that opportunity, so I took it. And um, I always say, no matter what happens, I love being an estimator. It's something different every day. You kind of are like the nurse to the doctor, you know, the body guys. You're like the nurse to them. Um, each story is different. It's not the same. And probably my favorite estimator job was when I worked at Progressive Insurance Company. Um, I was like a field estimator, so you go to all different shops and write estimates and whatnot, and you kind of just get to really manage your own day. Um, I had a really good supervisor, too, so reporting back wasn't, you know, it wasn't bad or anything, so that was all very interesting, Um, and that's kind of whenever I got the opportunity to buy Don Coon Auto Body. I'll never forget it. I'm sitting in a parking lot writing a total loss. F-150 rolled on its side, came off of a uh, carrier truck. So I'm riding it. And, like, I'm two and a half years into this job. And six months after I land this job, this is, like, my biggest, you know, career move because I had to, like, quit my fiance. No, we're married at the time. And I had to quit to his grandmother. She was the owner. Mm -hmm. So I go in, and I'm like, hey, can I get a raise? I'm like making nowhere near what I should have been making. And she's like, mm, not really, you know, not at this time. And I was like, oh, okay. So <laughs> I go and I'm on the hunt. I'm like, there's no way yeah, you're yeah. capping me out. Like, that's not how I am. So um, I love her, by the way. But <laughs> uh, So I go on a couple different interviews. They gave me a chance because a lot of the companies like that, they don't, they don't want shop experience, right? They don't, they want you kind of riding tight, you know, a little along the edges. So, but that's why they actually gave me that opportunity because I did have in shop experience, you know, I seen that repair process and that's so crucial to being an estimator. I actually did an interview today with a body guy and I told him how important seeing that repair process is. So, um, I put my two weeks in at the shop and I go work for this insurance company and like it's my first big job making real money. I think I'm rich. Like I think it's um this is it. So uh Is it commission? Like as many No salary. Okay. You, yeah. you make a salary, but it came with like benefits I never seen, you know, four oh one K like career <laughs> job. Yeah. So I do that, but first six months, I get pregnant with my first child. And, you know, I have to go to my male boss. I'm the only woman in the field. Um, I skip actually a bunch of people on the inside because they do a lot of hiring on the inside. 
and this this time they just they pick from the outside and like you know a couple of people are like what's she doing here you know <laughs> I actually had and I am gonna tell this story I had a co-worker I'm there maybe a year I have the baby I go back I'm there a year doing an inside shift in the office and he looks at me and he goes, you know, we're just conversating. And he looks me dead in the eye and he goes, you know, you probably have this position because you're a woman. <laughs> and I, I mean, Jerry knows me. I mean, I'm like, yeah, that went over well. Yeah. But I mean, well, you're from Penn Hills. Yeah. Bessemer, exactly. exactly. <laughs> probably not what you I'm say. in corporate world at this time. So I'm like, okay, Angel, like, get it together. <laughs> and uh, I just go, oh, yeah, maybe. And like, I just brush it off. And that's like, I did great. Like, so hopefully um, you don't run him into him in a bar. <laughs> so I actually ended up mentioning it to my boss like a while later, like not like that, no reporting. And he's like, "You should have told me immediately." You know, like mom, I'm not that girl, but it ended up working out for me. Yeah, so um, definitely did. Where's I, that guy at now? Yeah, he's. I don't even think he's still there. Honestly, yeah. I really don't. And so uh, I'm working there. I have to present to my boss I'm pregnant. That's, like, awkward for me. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, we don't know what you mean. Yeah, true, true. You don't. Yeah, <laughs> Ask your wife. Say mine. Yeah, yeah. So I present that. And, you know, as a woman in a, a male-dominant career, let's just be honest, hmm. I almost felt like it may have set me back. You know, I have my own territory. That's a big deal. I have my own what they call like network shop for them. So I'm managing one of the, our network shops. That's a big deal. Like there's only like seven other reps who manage these shops. And um, you lose that for your maternity leave. You know what I mean? Another rep comes in, they take your territory, they take your shop. You get it when you come back, hopefully. And I did, and it worked out for me. And um, I always say if the shop, being the shop owner didn't present itself, I would still gladly be there driving my earth is what they call it, and going shop to shop because you just see something different every day. And it's I'm not a person who likes to sit still, so it's interesting. Yeah, so you got, you got Kenny Pickett. Like, if you have a baby, just like Kenny Pickett's out, and Mason Rudolph steps into the territory, you <laughs> yeah. know. You never know. You yep. never know. Yep. So when you first started doing estimates, was there a lot? Of, was it all tablet-based? You have computers, paperwork? Or? Yeah, when I stepped in, it's funny you say that. When I stepped in, it's all computer-based, so you have a software. Uh, there's multiple different softwares offered, but... You have a software and a database, and basically it's like the vehicle's birth certificate. You know, once you enter the VIN in, you have all that database in front of you, and that's really how I learned how to write an estimate. You have your pictures for each category, and you learn what a car is made from inside and out, yeah. how it works, how the repair is done. Um but we were just talking about it. I mean, these old school guys, like Dawn's pap, Dawn's uncle, you didn't even have digital cameras when they started. <laughs> yeah. You sent the film, took the film out of the camera and mailed yeah. it to the insurance companies. Like, <laughs> And it was still faster than it is today. Everything is so <laughs> instant now. It's like, I would, I would not have been an estimate. Yeah, you had yeah. to pull out books like this thick yeah. and look up the parts and... 
Yeah, my my uncle had like a little shop locally, and it was wild. Like when they would like progressive, I can remember progressive just had a tablet and just banged it out. Yep. You it told you the hours, everything. You know. That's how. Yeah, the software tells you. So when I worked at Progressive in the field, we um we had laptops, so everything was on your laptop. You carried your laptop straight to the car side, wrote the estimate. You had a printer right in your back seat, printed it out. Here you go. Have a nice day. Yeah, that's. Or if you were at the shop, you know, you had to present all that to the shop, and that could be intimidating sometimes. But shop guys are different. Oh, they're very different, especially when a young woman walks in pregnant. Yeah, I was out in the field for nine months. Yeah, like literally. One, a couple of times they apologized for their bathroom situation. They're like, yeah. oh, we've never had a woman, you know. And I'm like, oh, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Looks so, like someone might have got lost in here. So I think that you probably still face challenges even today because, and I always think about that. I think about sometimes I have clients that like to be underestimated. Um, some don't, but some like it because your competitors don't see you coming. Um, I would imagine that you probably deal with a lot of shit <laughs> from estimators and vendors and competitors because you're a young woman in a, I mean, it's a male dominated world, right? Right. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa! Field, not world. Don't be giving the world the auto body thinking, world. Yeah, the, the auto body world. world. Yeah, let's is, check that out. It is. Um, but you're you're dealing with that, and um, when you first took over, I I met you whenever you were. I don't know if you were an estimator when I met you. Oh, I was in. I remember when they introduced you when you took over. Yeah, the I don't business. think you were quite an estimator. No, yet. I was. That's when I was like a secretary. secretary remember you were doing the payroll yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and then I remember when you left, and uh, and then watching you come back, and seeing like like I'd be there on Friday dropping off payroll or um, be there pick up a freaking car that got smashed um <laughs> and seeing you like like i picked up my uh i had a that red sierra that red gmc and it wasn't quite cleaned by the time i got there and i remember watching you go back you were drying it off from the wa- the from it being washed like you were like running around like your hair was on fire and i'm like she's freaking running this place and then i remember the one time i came out i think it was a different day there was a silverado parked in the in the where the pickup is and it had streaks on the chrome bumper and you lost your shit and you pulled the guy that was cleaning the trucks out and you showed it to him and you said that's not how we deliver a fucking truck to a customer <laughs> fix it and I was like, Ooh. I wish I had those. <laughs> I wish, I, I'm like, man, I'm fixing myself. <laughs> so, I mean, they can underestimate you all they want, but, I mean, you're doing it. Right. I think a big portion of that is I, I take a lot of things personal. And for, what am I, four years into owning the shop, I can genuinely say I'm getting better at that. And I have to. Um, I'll never forget my old boss told me, he goes, you take things personal. I mean, I'm talking a bad survey from someone you knew you were getting a bad survey from from the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's just I think because I'm very passionate about anything I do. I know that sounds so cliche, but like you said, cleaning the car, 
I tell my guys every meeting, every every customer is a future customer. I mean, if you get your chrome, new chrome bumper back on your new GMC, especially a guy, are you going to come back if it's all smeared up, fingerprinted? You know what I yeah. mean? There's a lot of competition out there. Yep. We got to, you know, stay good at what we do. So It's I, little, you're right. It's little things like that. I had tires put on my motorcycle and that motorcycle I had at the time had chrome wheels on it. And I'm not going to say what local Harley shop did it. Um, but I got the bike back and it had all the, you know, all the goo that they put on the wheel when they put it on yeah. that lubricant. It was all over the chrome wheel and all over the tire. And I'm like, like, what the fuck? Just take like, the minute. Clean it. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you don't give this back to a, a, and that was the last time that dealership touched anything. About right. It because right. I'm like, I'm you, not. People care about stuff. I mean, really. it was a little thing that took me, you know, a half an hour when I got home to clean it. But like, they shouldn't have given it to me that way. Mm-mm. They should have cleaned it while it was on the lift before they dropped it and gave it back to me. And if they're, if they didn't take enough pride in what they did for me, to wipe the wheel off when they were done. What else? What other shortcuts are they taking? Right. Yeah. No. So what are they going to do to your carburetor when they take it off? You know, <laughs> well, like, it's fuel injected, Joe. Wow. It's 2024. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. My uh, The only motorcycle I was ever around was a 62 Panhead. Yeah, that was carburetor. So mm-hmm. that's in my defense. <laughs> but no, you only get a fir- one chance to make a first impression. Right. Right? And like in your field, like a lot of times it's not like, you have to repeat the same person, right? So, like, in, in my business, it's repetitive because, like, they go to work, they wear the shirts, they get them dirty, they bring them back. Well, hopefully, in your case, for your clients, people, like, they're going to they're gonna wreck a car and hopefully they're not going to wreck a car and wreck a car and wreck a car and see right. you 50 times a year. So Other than Jerry. No, <laughs> no knock on wood, it's not. I mean, yeah. okay. Um, but, yeah, so, like, you have to make – because, like, you got to give them something to talk about, right. you know. We also have a full-service shop now, and um, so we like to try to capture a lot of those customers from a collision repair or vice versa. Um, used car lot, same thing. You know, if, if we sell you a used car, come back to us, get it fixed, you know, get it maintenance by us, that type of deal, too. So it's a lot of services we can offer under one roof, so – it's important that if they're there for one department, hopefully that department does execute. You're going to miss stuff. I mean, you're only as Shit good happens. as your help. I yeah. mean, mm-hmm. and it's a tax shortage right now, man. It's scary. There's a lot of people dropping out specifically because this new generation, A, doesn't want to work, and B, they don't want to do manual labor. And right. being a body guy, it's an artist. I mean, that's artistry in my opinion. It's a, it's a trade. It's a trade that... They're taken out of schools. I mean, Penn Hills used to offer it. They don't, you know, it's a shame that that's such a skill to have. I did an interview today, and I'm he's very green, and, and I'm just like, is this what you want to do? And he's like, yeah, I went, to, I went to school for it. And I'm like, okay, because it's such a good skill to have. It's You're learning something every day on a car, and I mean— other than if we're going to be flying soon, we're yeah. going to be driving forever. <laughs> yeah, you know, cars it's, are going to yeah, yeah they're, they're always going to need something. So, yeah, as long as 28's there, you have business. Yeah, there's a wreck, yeah. There's a wreck on 28 every day. <laughs> we, uh, it's just hard. And, and with you said, with the help, it's like as a business owner, you take pride in everything you do, but to our helpers, it's just a paycheck to them, right? You know, and it's 
Yeah, and your employees are never going to care as much as you do, no matter what. You always, it seems like every business has one. Right. One, one or two. Ride or die. Oh, I have a handful. Yeah. I would not be where I'm at without them. I mean, hands down, there's no way I would be where I'm at without, like, Lisa, my main tech dog, you know, lead drivers who've came in and helped me in times. It's we we're we're definitely family oriented, small business type of deal. Like when he said, I tell the guy with the bumper, you don't get this fucking clean because <laughs> we're comfortable. You know, yeah, it's yeah, not wow. like the new guy start. I'm like, hey, motherfucker, get this done. But if I feel comfortable, I will. <laughs> <laughs> so did you start the shop that does the daily repairs? Was that always oh, in play? Oh, absolutely not. Um, the you mean like the shop? Well, the body shop's been there forever. Yeah. So no, um, Don Senior, which is my husband, Don the Third, um, his grandfather and wife essentially started the shop, one man shop. I have the pictures up on the wall at the shop because I just it's such a story, um, and I also come from uncles who I have two different uncles who own two different local mechanic shop my grandfather on my dad's side he owned a small I think it was like a golf station you know with a little service bay at one point um way before my time but so Don Senior started Don Coon Auto Body at its present location 1971 Now, it was on the Verona Hilltop years before that. He was, like, Verona Hilltop's go-to. Um, and they moved to this locate 227 Sandy Creek, 1971. He literally built it from the ground up. Um, he bought it from Daly's Juice. Daly's Juice, I found all this paperwork, and yeah. it's just so interesting, the history, but... Daly's Juice didn't build on it for whatever reason um, because it was ground level. If you know the shop now, you have to cross a little bridge. Well, that was all ground level. So I think he bought the property for like $3,000. Builds it. um, It's funny to see the different stages of all the photos. You know, it started as just a shop. Then they had the office. Then they had the carport. um, And then I think it was like, Probably about 2014, maybe, maybe a little before that, they build the, um, the service shop, the yeah. like the mechanic shop. Uh, it was ran by Don Senior, his wife Sarah, and basically their sons for and their team for 50 years. Almost. I remember when they built that building. That building was like that, that's a nice building. Yeah, yeah, that's where our service shop is. We have um, the mechanic shop. It's two bays, alignment rack, and then the other side is like detailing and like a little bit of a truck shop for our tow trucks. Yeah. So that's a huge portion of our business. We are a local tow provider, and um, that's really what Don Senior is and was cut. And he was towing. He is towing. I mean, all the old school tow guys, they know him. He knows them, you know. That generation's almost gone, but that's what he was. And then, obviously, towing correlates with, hey, let me fix your car. So that's when they get into the insurance repairs and the mechanical and the used cars because, you know, there's a ton of used cars now available. So... It all just kind of went hand in hand. Yeah, what like vision, like just a vision from the ground up. Yeah. You know, you look at a tow truck driver, you're like, hey, this guy's just here towing my truck. And then you like, yeah, well, 
I'm gonna start an empire. <laughs> right. They were the de- they all they were the definition of a mom and pop shop. That's yeah. what whenever I think of it. My territory for that insurance company was up north in like Newcastle, Slippery Rock, and that's all you see up there was just mom and pop shops and it's how they raised their family. I mean, they did really well for themselves, you know. They they did great things. They've sent kids to college, you know, they gave all their kids cars, grandkids. Yeah. And honestly, it's why, I mean, other than our effort and what we've done, but it's they present us an opportunity and we ran with it. I mean, it was a hell of an opportunity and it was presented to others. Don't get me wrong, but we executed so far. I mean, knock on wood, we're four years into it. What we we were one month in the pandemic smacks me in the face. (laughs) One month live. Yeah, because they always say if you get through your first five years, you're you're like kind of good. But if you get through your first two years during a pandemic, you're fucking fine. You're, good. you're fine. <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget one of like our um, vendor associates, whatever you want to call him. He uh, come in and it, we're like looking around like, okay, this is really scary. Like this, I'm shitting bricks at this point. And he's like... <laughs> Well, if you make it through this, you'll make it through anything. And I'm like, (laughs) we're about one hour into this, and I'm feeling sweaty, you know? (laughs) Um, I'll never forget the day I had to let my guys go. And Mm. what were they going? Maybe about three three weeks, four weeks. And um, it was a Sunday night at 7 p.m. That loan hit my account. They were back. And they're like, you brought us back? Like, I mean, there were other small businesses doing really crazy things, not bringing people back. And I'm like, that was the hardest thing I ever had to do was tell my people, hey, I, it's time to go home. Like, yeah. I can't pay you. There's, no work There's yeah. nothing here to do. My, my people stayed the whole time. And uh, there was one Sunday I w- I'm able to go to my point of sale and see what we took in. And I had to call, like, my, my one right-hand person in the plant. And I called her and was like, Renee, I I don't need you to come in tomorrow. She was like, well, "We getting laid off," and I was like, "No, there's just literally no shirts that came in the last three days, so we don't, we're not going to work Monday." And it was like, I remember where I was standing when I had that conversation. I was like, "This could be the end of like yeah. everything I've worked everything. for." Yeah, I was standing in my home that I was under construction remodeling. I and can't I'm, I'm like, Dude, <laughs> just keep drinking icy lights yeah. and rain. <laughs> Let's uh, hope this plans out. <laughs> yeah, it's the longest two weeks to flatten a curve I've ever been involved in. <laughs> yeah, I kept my one lead tech. Um, I kept myself, and Dawn, my husband, came in and painted as actually, you know what? He stayed home three yeah. months, he stayed home with the kids. I had the prepper at the time, we turned him into a painter, yeah. and um word like i'm looking at my lead tech i've been friends with him for years we've been doing this and when i came back to the shop he actually didn't work there at the time and i'm like if i'm doing this you're doing this with me and he comes back and uh i'm looking at him it was a honda crv we fixed it was the only car that week silver one i remember her name and everything i remember they would repair and i'm like Wow. Like, the shop doesn't run on one fix a week. Oh, no, 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 no. The overhead down there is astronomical. And I'm like, all right. And then they just trickled in, you know. Like we said, cars keep wrecking. Yeah. You know, there were people still out. And that might <laughs> so not have been the security. worst part 
I mean, like for you, like in your field, that might not have been the worst part. You didn't know what was on the horizon, the supply chain issues that you were about to experience. Like, talk us through that. that Are had, you still dealing with supply issues? We're actually seeing those supply issues now more oh. than COVID. Is wow. we actually were just talking about that at the shop. I would actually say supply issues. I feel legitimately comfortable enough to say it's a pandemic with supply issues, with parts issues. It's insane. And I think a big thing of that is not only there's no knowledge, you know, people don't want that knowledge because who wants to wreck their vehicle? So you don't want to sit down and be like, okay, this is exactly how it works when you wreck your vehicle. But People don't understand, hey, you know, I can't get this uh, airbag sensor for your vehicle. And they're like, what? And I'm like, and by the way, they're not going to extend your rental past 40 days. That's just how these policies are written and it's work. There's like, this is how this is this works. And um, they don't like you very much uh, after yeah, you have I to present imagine. that stuff. And it's daily, it's hourly, I mean... All day today, we presented, hey, we can't get parts. I mean, you know it. No, we fixed your car this time last year. <clears throat> Couldn't get a grill for like four weeks. I got to ask a question. How, how many cars do you guys bang up? So, <laughs> you're going to fucking jinx me, dude. <laughs> the last time I had a car at the shop was this time last year, and it was my wife's GMC. And we it was the day after Thanksgiving that it happened. We were at her grandmother's house or something came home about 10 o'clock took the kids in the house about four minutes later (laughs) somebody uh very much under the influence came by and smashed it (laughs) smashed it you got a couple cars out of that deal didn't you there was a couple cars i think the others totaled no the other one got her car was totaled um we thought mine was going to be but it wasn't as bad in the daylight. It ended up being okay, and, and it got fixed. Um, but uh, and the lease was up, and we don't have that car anymore. Yeah. But uh, it was it was bad. I used to think and, you just bought cars because you wanted to buy cars. You buy cars because you wreck them up. <laughs> no, you know what, dude? That <laughs> no, that, he buys cars because he wants to. <laughs> yeah, that's, no, that's just a sick. I was trying to no, put but, something on the air for you. No, yeah. yeah. The, the that car was freaking. I swear that car was jinxed from the day we got it. We got it. She was picking up a cake in downtown New Ken, and some dude just sideswiped her. It's parked. <laughs> some dude just sideswiped her. You fixed it then. And then, like, we got it fixed. And then, like, three months later, she is at, like, Whole Foods, opens up her door, and then some lady pulls in and gets her tire, like, hooked to the molding on her on Amber's door and broke the molding off. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? Now, it was only a little piece, and I think, I don't even think we ever even fixed that. Um, <laughs> Don Coon made more on that car <laughs> than GM did. So when that last time, <laughs> last you. accident happened, I'm like, total it. And we couldn't because it wasn't <laughs> enough damage. Like but uh, I'm like, I am so done with this car. <laughs> I'm done with it. And uh, we ended up, we, we couldn't get out of it. Um, but uh, we ended up shortly getting rid after. Of it. Shortly thought, after that, yeah. we got rid of it. But whenever we went to trade it in, they're like, "Well, this car's been in three accidents <laughs> or two accidents," and I'm like, "Yeah, no fault of my own, but you it's know, good. Yeah, I mean, it's fixed. It's good." Yeah, Carfox came out. Yeah, yeah. Carfox got me. But um, yeah, so it doesn't happen that often. 
Um, <laughs> but but she is our first female guest that owns a body shop, and you referred her. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm familiar. Yeah. yeah. Could you, you talk about that leap from, I guess, uh, W-2 employee to ownership? Was that an easy conversation with your husband? Did you... It obviously was scary, I would assume. We've, we've talked to some other people about taking that, that jump, if you will. So I was, like I said earlier, I was sitting, writing a total loss. I get a call from Dawn's grandma. She's, she is very much like me. Dawn, my husband, my, my, the co-owner of the business, the reason why I'm here, is uh, he, he's very much silent partner. He okay. will. I don't even think you've yeah. ever had a call, like a business conversation. But we had that conversation. Like, is it is she the co-owner? And I'm like, well, yeah, she's the co-owner. It's her and Don Don the third. I said, but Don's the body guy. Yeah, he's, in he's the back. a painter. He's, he's he's an artist. He does his work. He doesn't Angel like to talk. <laughs> Angel runs. The he business. doesn't even like to order a pizza. Um, (laughs) so she calls me for what you know their own personal reasons they were ready to kind of move on it was one of those things where he built this empire and they they weren't really just wanting to let it go to just anybody I mean they very well could have but um so she she calls me I'm at work and she goes do you want to buy the shop and I'm like, literally, just like that. And I'm like, how much? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, that, that starts a great conversation because a lot yeah, of times you get I all this go, information and people are like, well, we don't know what we want to sell for. It's like, well, I want to buy it. Yeah. But if you want $7.8 million, I no. can't. <laughs> right. So we didn't talk numbers that conversation i go home i talked to dawn i'm like uh did you know this was going to be a conversation he goes i had zero idea this she called is you just not him correct like he had no idea so we kick it back and forth for uh, not even probably 48 hours and i go game time let's go yeah. i worked there i knew what and i i felt so confident with my experience under my belt now I mean, I'm talking dozens of shops I've been in and out of at this point for Progressive because that's what you do. You're in, you're seeing what's working here. You're seeing what's not working here. Um, and I was lucky enough to manage a very, very successful independently owned shop just like Don Coon Auto Body up north. And um, I went in his office. I go, hey, I think I'm going to quit here and go buy a shop. And he's mm-hmm. like, all right, this is what we do. And he gave me a lot of good pointers, and um, I put my two weeks' notice in. We agreed that I, I can't just go back and buy the shop. We have I have to do a year there as a manager. This is my first manager job. Yeah. I've never been a supervisor. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So I go in. I, I go to, like, not that you guys know, but like Target women's section, get myself button ups. I'm like, I'm a big timer, man. I'm a manager. So I go in my first, I put my two weeks boss, super understanding, also gave me great advice. He's like, go get it, girl. Like he was very proud. Um, even the district leader was like, well, it's not like we can counter you. You know, we can't yeah. counter you <laughs> can't to give own you a shot. here. Um, although the CEO of Progressive is a woman, and she is the only woman CEO of an insurance company. I found that very really? interesting. Nice. Yeah. 
So um, it's not flow, is it? No. <laughs> so um, go back. Not even twenty five minutes into my first shift, their lead, their frame technician. I worked with him before. We saw eye to eye for the most part, but obviously he wasn't a fan because he comes in. He had keys to the place. He had worked there longer than I've been alive, literally. Here you go, Angel. Has his keys in his hand. I'm looking at him. Puts his keys in my hand. He goes, I'm not working for you. Oh. I go, okay. Yeah, I didn't want him anyways. But uh, <laughs> he goes, I go, okay. And, like, mind you, never been a manager. Yeah. So um, we dealt with that. I I had, like, just to be transparent, a shit show of his staff at the time. Yeah. It was, like, very much shit show of what I inherited at that time. Like, they yeah. had done great things up until that time. Yeah. yeah, they were. Essentially. The inmates were running the asylum. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 100%. So... I get things in order and remember I'm an estimator. I'm not a production manager. I'm not a body shop manager. I'm an estimator. Mm-hmm. Execute that. I'll write. I feel very confident saying I will outright most estimators. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I am four months into my job and I get knocked up again. <laughs> so now I'm like, okay, I'm the owner here. There is no maternity no, leave. No there maternity. is no 10 week, 12 week FMLA. So I tell the two, I'm working with two females at that time. I inherited um, a female estimator had already been working there. And Lisa, she's still there, shop secretary. I, she's really shop all. Um, so I tell them, I'm like, I know the estimator pretty well, but I don't know Lisa at all. And I'm like, I'm pregnant. Like you guys are going to have to help me here a little more than we thought. (laughs) And, um, three months after I tell them that the estimator puts her two weeks in, she wants to go try her hand at the insurance world. I made it sound a little too good, I guess. (laughs) So she puts her two weeks in, and here I am, probably about five, six months pregnant. I hire a guy, do a series of interviews. Again, I'm not a shot. These are my first interviews. I don't even know what to ask. I really think I Googled it. What kind of animal would you be? Yeah, literally, like, what is your favorite color? (laughs) Um, I'm pretty sure I Googled how to buy the whole business, just to be honest. Like, just to be so honest. I rock a lawyer in mine. (laughs) I wouldn't be. I probably... I don't want to cut myself short, but Jerry, honestly, not because we're all on B2B or anything, he, hands down, was the one of the biggest reasons how I got to where I'm at right now. I mean, he introduced me to Rocco Causa, which helped us execute the whole entire business deal. Um, he handled that entire transaction, still continues to, you know, give good advice and, um, Jerry helped me through that whole pandemic. Seriously, I thank you, Jerry. Um, it was fun to watch it. Yeah, he really, I mean, as far as any financial advice, help, I mean, he introduced me to bankers at anything. Jerry's a business psychiatrist. Yeah, he really is. I mean, hands (laughs) down. your repertoire. I think it was three months ago. I called, and he's like, why the fuck? 
fuck are you yelling at me? I'm not yelling. You know this is how I am. <laughs> Click. I'm like, I, I think Angel was just mad at me. And I'm like, what did I have? What, did I, I was do just something? mad at the world that day. I think our payroll and your payroll are the two that are last every week. Because like <laughs> plenty of times in the old Oakmont office, I'd run up the stairs or send my wife down to grab the payroll. And uh, I'm like, are you waiting for us? Like, no, nah, I got to run coons over. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I'm i there, and um, she puts her two weeks notice in. I hurry up, hire a guy. Um, ten and a half months pregnant. His favorite color is pink. His favorite color is pink. <laughs> He's a total D-bag, but I have to deal with him because I'm going to have a baby cut out of me. And uh, he quits. One week before I have a baby cut out of me, and you, that's not so, it's already scheduled. Yeah. It's a cesarean section, like yeah. it's a C section. It's already you can't say, Hey, baby, stay in. Like, hey, I got a, got a guy to quit today. Can we bump this <laughs> up? Yeah, hey, uh, can we? <laughs> and the recovery is longer, too. Yeah, it is. Well, um, so we go have the baby, and one week, five days after, I'm writing estimates in my bed at home. From pictures being taken by Dawn's brother at the time, worked at the shop. So he would take the pictures. I mean, we were photo estimating before photo estimating was a thing, because that is a thing now. So he's taking the pictures. Lisa's doing all, like, the HR admin side, like, dealing with the customer. It was a shit show. We had a baby. Like, the shop had a baby. So I bring Donnie back. Donnie the fourth. Um, I had to. So we bring him back. He's seven days old working at the shop, and I go back, and we had no time off. There was no estimator. Um, I did hire an estimator, but he wasn't able to start probably till about a month after that. And um, Was that the Neil? No, that was Chris. Uh, that was Chris. His favorite color was green. Yeah, <laughs> blue for boy. And... Um, Chris taught me a lot of great things, too. I mean, he owned a shop at one point, small, very small shop, him and his buddy. We came from the same neighborhood, and he probably taught me how to be a production manager because he was one when I got him, and um, he really showed me a lot of great things. And then he moved on to, you know, people want to do different things. He wanted to go run a deal. He wanted to have my position but at a dealership so he went and did that general manager and that's when I got Neil and I actually knew Neil um from the shop the first time because he worked at Progressive for 20 years and he was their field estimator in that territory and he actually was a big reason I got the job because they asked him hey do you know her like this is your shop he gave me a good word and I knew when Chris left Cause that was all pandemic time. Um, he actually had got laid off by a huge shop that you all love very much. Won't say any names, um, but they laid him off, and um, I heard up and snagged him. And uh, we do great things together. I mean, he's like the dad of the shop. You know, he knows a ton. He's also been in a million shops. He has great knowledge and. I genuinely 
drag that question out long, but to answer it short, I still look at myself as an employee. I mean, mm. ask him. I still call him and like, hey, can I just, like spend money? Like, am I allowed to do this? And he's like, Angel, can I, it's can I have a your raise? money. Yeah, I literally. Can I have a raise? Like, hey, no, no, it's not in the cards. This is all right. He's Angel. Yeah. Like, come on, dude. But um, I still look at myself as an employee. I'd say probably within the last year, yeah. I've started giving myself like owner credit i said 2024 is like the year i become the owner um we're four years into it so we're doing good i mean Mm -hmm. the growth we've seen is like super exciting Mm -hmm. it's actually unimaginable i never i knew we'd get here but i just didn't think we'd see these numbers that quick i mean well, there's We've tripled things yeah there's a lot to be said for the opportunity to be in other people's business because you have to bite your tongue when you're in someone else's business Modern we've talked about it before like you can't like even when you're working with your family it, like you just can't change everything you're not allowed right and then when it's yours you start looking around and you're like all right well this is what was wrong at shop a this is what was wrong at shop b and you start putting yours together and it's a nucleus. It's right. it's yours. You know, a family business presents its own yeah. set of complications, <laughs> which you know, um, I know. One of the things that I'm always trying to make sure I'm cognizant of is, you know, I have family members that work for me. The last thing I would want an employee that's not a family member to feel is like, oh, well, I make a mistake and I get yelled at. They make a mistake and they're exempt because right. of their last name because they're related. Mm-hmm. Um, I would imagine though. Do you did you have challenges because you know it's a family business, but you're an in law, you married into the family. I would imagine that you had some. Oh yeah, it was. You know, I mean, you're you knew your place. Yeah. Um, also, just to be transparent, I mean. Sarah is a very strong woman. I mean, I come off strong, but she's a polit- she was a politician. She was a business owner. She she was a very strong, intimidating woman, and I took that and ran with it. I mean, the things she taught me, a big, I wouldn't be anywhere where I am without her. But you knew your place. You knew hey, you're my grandson's wife, you know, this is, this is my husband's business. That's why when I got that call, I, yeah, I would have gave my last, there's no way, Dawn the yeah, yeah, Dawn the fourth there, would have been easier, because there's no way I thought that conversation would have came just because Dawn has a dad, Dawn had an uncle, you know, they it's had sons, yeah, there were other people in line, and just, they didn't want that opportunity or they didn't take that opportunity and um, they chose to go a different way. So I'm a firm believer everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. Because uh, even me being Dawn's wife, like who's to say, would Dawn be the owner if he had a different wife? You know, I, right. I asked him that before, like who's to say yes. where we would be or what I would yeah. be doing. Yeah. But definitely challenges as an in-law, as a woman, no questions as I hate to always harp on that like feminist I'm a woman body shop owner respect me but it's, it's yeah, I'm sure, sure there's challenges yeah. but imagine the fact that and we don't need to talk numbers but numbers have gone up a lot since you've taken over um, but not only that you went from your first day as manager having an employee walk out because he won't work for you to now I you know I don't know a lot of the guys that are back in the shop 
but I know that the people on the front end of the shop would go to war for you. Yeah, they they did. I mean, I lost my parents this time last year. Mm. I lost my dad or my mom two days before Christmas, and um, I lost I lose my dad twenty days after. Insane. Oh. Um, would not. I mean, I would have closed shop if they weren't there. I mean, Lisa, Neil, Dawn, Doug, my drivers, Mike, um, the, Eric. They they ran my shop. There was, I wasn't going back there. I needed a month. I mean, I probably took a smooth month and a half, and I, I had a baby and went back. Like, yeah. I needed time for that. Still do. I mean, there's days where I'm like, I'm going home. Yeah. I just don't feel like being here. And they, they, will go, they did go to war for me, and that was the most vulnerable and still continues to be the most vulnerable thing I've ever gone through and they they went to war they always tell you it's like oh you just get through the year first i, I call it bullshit <laughs> right it's every day it's, it is it's a song day. it's a it's a left hand turn on a road it's you know he, he's lost his parents and, right sorry about that. and uh it that's never gonna go away Mm-mm. but like i think with you've had you you've had obviously a drive to be where you are now so now un, unfortunately losing your parents is a terrible thing but now you have more drive right you're already they, badass they were now so like, proud i mean yeah. there were i know parents are proud but they were like I mean, even Dawn would say, and they got to see it. Yeah, a little they bit. did. They did. I mean, one sad part was we just put on, we bought probably half a million a dollar refinish center. Um, we we did that in our third year of business. We put on a brand new state of the art refinish center, and um, new paint booth. It was just we designed it. We got to do that, and my dad was a contractor for his career. And, I like I would FaceTime him and be like, look, they got this stage, they got that stage, but he didn't get to see it all the way done. But he did essentially, yeah. you know, somewhere up there, I'm sure. But um, that they were very proud. So they were the proudest parents there ever were. Dawn's like, no offense, but like your parents call you every day, like five times a day. I'm like, what can I say? Like, <laughs> they do. Yeah. But um. Yeah. Be thankful for that time now, right? Right, right. How many employees these days? You've obviously talked about the growth. You talked about interviewing. It seems like you're short-staffed a little bit, too. We are short-staffed, yeah. I just had somebody, a body tech, which is crucial in the game right now. We're typically a three-guy shop, so we run on three body techs, a painter, and a prepper, as Mm -hmm. far as the collision shop goes. And I had a guy leave, take another opportunity or whatnot, and so we're trying to fill that position. And it's a tax shortage. It's it's actually, I'm not intimidated by a lot, but if I had to say something was intimidating, that might be intimidating. Just because, like I was saying before, it's a skill that's so hard to capture. Um, but we have 13 employees, so. I think when I got there, I mean, it's always fluctuated depending on how many drivers we have, but we've always kind of been like a 13 to 15 shop, 13 to 15 employee shop because we have the tow department, we have service shop, we have the office, and we have the body and paint shop, so. How many cars a week? Is there a a Uh, number you like to hit? A month we do, 
we're averaging 65 ROs a month for wow. the collision shop. So that's 65 cars a month, whether yeah. it's 10 a week, eight a week. We, we schedule by hours. So we try to do 330 hours dropped a week. Okay. That's 110 hours a tech. Yeah. And that gets us to where we need to get. Um, you don't always have a 330 hour drop sure. a week. Like Lisa and Jerry, they have to tell me a lot of months, like, you need to stop looking at the month. Like, let's wait till the year. Like, calm down. Because right. a lot of our stuff will roll over because yeah, you can't tell this stuff. car, hey, don't wreck two weeks before the end of the month. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And then with the, with the part shortages and production issues, that express, that's even more of a challenge. I remember when we were... I think it was when Amber's car was in the shop. You had an Acura there that was there for like six months couldn't waiting get for a, a part. Lid. Yeah, yeah, we couldn't get a trunk lid. It was there for six months. Yeah. And you don't get paid until the trunk lids. Nope. In. Right. Wow. And that's what I try to tell the customers. You know, I, I think they think a lot of times you're using it as an excuse because yeah. you're 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 well, lacking. A lot of people are abusing it. Right. That is the problem. But it's like. Hey, buddy, I don't get paid 10 days till after your car's delivered if it's an insurance job. So you've got labor in that car. You've got parts in that car that is sitting in your lot for six months waiting for one more part so that you can finish it, deliver it, and get paid. Yeah, you have product into it because you've painted it. Less oh, the right. part that's not there. but right. And the payroll's got to be paid. Right. Yeah, you got to pay him every week. The guys worked on it, they, he's been paid for six months. Yeah. yeah. So you have to have a cushion of cash just to cover payroll and parts and all that shit because it could be a while. No wonders we're the last ones turning in payroll. <laughs> <laughs> and I yeah. remember when we didn't have it. When oh. I came back to the shop, it was such a shit show. I didn't realize I I think I bought some debt I didn't realize at the shop. And um, we're a month into it. Pandemic hits. Broker than a joke. Parts vendors are 90 days. I'm talking across the board. They're calling, Where, where's our money? And I'm like, where is that money? Like every estimate, you make profit on every part. You, yeah. We're writing estimates. What's going on? And remember, I'm not a manager. I'm not a, a financial analysis. You got like, your target blouse on. You look yeah, the part. You're trying to figure it out. You know, like, so... I figured it all out, you know, I've become good at it, and um, pandemic hits, I tr I don't know if I could say this, but I truly believe that that PPP loan saved my business. Yeah, absolutely. Um, same it. with other loans that came available after that, because I'll never forget, it's December, great relationship with the bank, we had a mutual relationship with the same bank, same lady, and... She knows my plan. She knows I'm buying the shop. She's their current banker. And um, it's game time. We're two months out from my working capital needing to go live. I remember this. I walk in her office and I could tell she was very uncomfortable. And she was not like, I mean, you know this person. She's very chipper, very happy person, always smiling, pretty much the face of the office. And she's just like, becomes weird. She be, shuts down and she's like, long story short, they're not giving you any money. And I'm like, 
you've told me for eight months now, I'm, I'm eight months into this manager position. What do you mean? So I go to Jerry, and luckily he introduced me to a bunch of right people. I don't want to say luckily the pandemic happened, but that yeah. shit happens for a reason. And those those loans became available, and I really feel like we executed and used them exactly how and when we needed, able to pay those vendors and I've never been 30 days past since <laughs> because yeah. we just implemented processes that will never take us there again. Yeah, the programs that came out, I have a lot of clients that, you know, you hate to say, thankfully, the, the pandemic happened. But um, I have a lot of clients that came out of the pandemic in better condition than they went in. Because if you knew how to get those loans, uh, whether it was the um, the... PPP. Economic disaster, EIDL, economic, EIDL. Uh, <laughs> we'll call it that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which originally was like 150K, and then they increased it to 500K. Like that program, which is like a 30-year loan, like 3.75% um, and S- through the SBA or the PPP loan. Um, if you – and the, the sad part of it is, and, and I have you – know, a ton of my clients took advantage of it. Um, but the reason they were able to take advantage of it is because of a relationship that I had with right. a banker that cut all the shit because the bigger banks like PNC and Citizens were taking care of huge customers before they were taking care of small businesses. Mm-hmm. And then even the mid-sized banks, your S&Ts, your... Um, like First Commonwealth, Dollar Bank, a lot of times they were so worried about because the, when the PPP loan first came out, the rules kept changing because they were putting it out like, we need to get this money out. And then the politicians were reading what they were doing and going, okay, well, uh, we should change that or we should adjust this. So the banks looked at it like, well, wait a second. We're not going to give this money out until we know what the actual rules are. But the problem was, is that there was a certain amount of money in that fund and the banks that were like, fuck it, let's just do it. They were using it up. And then your PNCs and your citizens banks were using it up with huge customers and small businesses were going to end up in the, in the, in the cold. So I had a, a friend that had a lot of banking relationships and we found this small little bank in McCandless that was like, Let's do this. And they hired somebody whose only job was to punch in PPP applications. And I think between me and my friend that uh, worked with them, I think we did, I want to say like 13 or $16 million worth of PPP loans. Um, we got a lot of money for a lot of our clients. And saved a lot of small businesses. It, it saved a lot of small businesses. Yeah. Because I had people that were reaching out to me that were like, hey, my buddy owns blah, blah, blah. He worked. He's your client. He told me you can help me with a PPP loan. And I remember this specifically. I had a guy who had a business. He dealt with PNC Bank. And he was a referral from a good client of mine. And he's like, he said, you can do this. And I'm like, yeah, here's the paperwork I need you to fill out. Do this, sign this. I need this, 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 and this. He's like, okay, I'll get it for you. About an hour later, he got me all the paperwork I asked for. 
I submitted to the bank. 20 minutes later, I had the approval number from the SBA. I sent it to them in a text. I said, here's your approval number. Your your uh, promissory note's coming. And he's like, is this, a, is, this, is this real or is this a scam? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, that's your SBA approval number. He's like, how the hell did you get it so fast when I've been working with PNC Bank for two weeks and they won't do anything for me? I'm like, you got to know the right bank. You do. Right. Well, I think that we, we like to tend to bash the government, right? Like, you know, screw them. They're always coming for us. They're looking. But I think that program, if used properly, saved a lot of businesses. It saved my business. You're saying it saved yours. And it worked. The problem is, is somebody else took advantage of it. Right. So yep. now there's other things that they're supposed to do for us to try to, because we, we all survived because of it. Some of us made it through because of it. Some people thrive because of it. But right now we're at a standstill. We're like, all right, we're still in business. Mm-hmm. But you still promised us, mm-hmm. the people that did it right, you still promised that ERC money to us like that's sit, sitting in a, in a fund somewhere. Yeah, they have a lot of money left in the ERC program, the employee retention program, that if your sales were down... Uh, in 21 versus 19 or 20 versus 19. And there's a couple other things that qualify you as well. You're eligible for a pretty heavy credit. And I think we did one for you too. I think so. Um, but they're, they're, everything's suspended. Uh, they suspended everything in September. From what originally what they came out and said is that everything's suspended. But if you already sent it in and it's, pe- and it's pending, we'll send it. But other than that, we were going to wait till 2024 because they had so much fraud that I was reading articles that were saying that there were millions and millions and millions of dollars going to Russia and going to other countries because people were actually setting up fake companies and then claiming that their payroll, like they were affected by the pandemic with just bullshit companies that weren't even in existence. So they didn't really have a good mechanism to filter that out. So they just stopped. And I've not read an article that confirms this, but I know that I have a handful of clients that we sent them in like May, June, July area, and they're still pending. Yeah. And it's been a long time. So we're coming up on probably close to a year. Yeah. So I think that they said that if you already had it submitted, I think that was bullshit. I think they just stopped the program. I'm hoping that they reinstate it um, once they figure out how to make sure the companies were in existence. But the problem was is there was a lot of companies, and everybody. I'm sure you guys get text messages and emails, and there are so many companies that popped up that ERC relief, and we can yes. get it, but they take 25% of I it. I still get text messages still to this day. They haven't released yeah. ERC funds in over 12 months, and, and I'll still get, I'll get emails and text messages about how Meanwhile, I'm entitled to it. those are the companies are the reason why it's all frozen. Right. Because they were convincing people they qualified when they didn't, telling them they want 25% of the credit to do it, and then making them pay 50% of that up front, <laughs> Yeah. and then getting the rest of it at the end. But then the problem was... If you know the IRS were to come back three years from now and say, "Hey, we we don't we want to see why you qualified," those companies are going to be gone. Yeah, right. and they're not going to be around. Who are you going to call? They popped up in Tampa and Miami and Phoenix, and they're not in local companies. They're oh, not that's my play firm. this year for taxes. Chair, we're not even filing. We're just going to send a letter to the IRS. Back. They were fake, bro. They didn't even <laughs> exist. We're just getting out while we're ahead. <laughs> years and years ago, I had a client that had a identity theft issue. And he always owed. 
uh, real estate guy, always owed money, like 10, 20,000 bucks a year. So he had identity, identity theft. Somebody filed on his behalf and got this huge refund. <laughs> and uh, we went to file his return. He got rejected uh, for the identity theft because once somebody e-files under your social security number, it won't let it happen again. Mm. And uh, I'm like, hey, dude, uh, it looks like somebody got your information. And so we called the IRS and they were like, yeah, did, did you not file this return for this $7,000 refund? And he's like, can I say I did? <laughs> you can keep the seven grand, but yeah, it just saves me the 20 <laughs> that I was going to have to pay anyway. Find out did it. Do it can again we next just year. call it even? Yeah, you're going to make seven grand a year and I'm going to be straight. So yeah. Keep doing it. He's like, can we just pretend it was me? Yeah. it's. But I, like I said, I mean, I guess I wanted to give a little bit of credit to the program. Because right. it, it did. Yeah. I mean, it did. And like in my, on my behalf, I, I paid my people. I paid them they for did. 80 hours a week, every two weeks. You know, I I felt like that's the way it was set up. The money wasn't for me. It was to keep the business going. Right. And and that's what I used it for. I'm the sucker. Yeah. I should have kept it, laid everybody off. <laughs> yeah. They would have been better other off. There's people, man. Oh, yeah. Just... I've oh. seen people, ballsy, man. I've seen people on Instagram with, like, McLarens with a vanity plate that says PPP. Yeah. That's crazy. And I'm like, dude, you're just asking for it, man. Well, there's a lot of people like facing big time for that, oh, yeah. for those fake businesses yeah. and whatnot. Their restitution should go right into the ERC program. It should. <laughs> for businesses that actually qualify for yeah. it. Absolutely. But I also look at it like, you know, you say things happen for a reason, and, and I feel the same way. Everything happens for a reason. I felt like me and Jerry had a lot of conversations up until then. You know, I was actually in Key West whenever it started really getting bad. And I was just like kind of cruising, you know, like everything was, my numbers were up every year. And then it, for the rest of my life, I'll have that in the back of my head. Like, all right, man, it might be good today, but it could be shit tomorrow. Oh yeah. So like stay within your means, keep it, keep it low key. That's why I think I text you all the time. Like every three months I'll be like, Hey, you know, can I do this? Or cause I know I'm not I'm not a rich kid, you know, I didn't come from wealth. Um, you know, Dawn had a I had a great life, don't get me wrong, you know, we had dinner and stuff, but we didn't have every brand new quad, you know, all this brand new stuff. But um I know what it's like, you know, so there's I I don't wanna ever live outside <laughs> my means. That's like, I think a lot of business owners, I think that's where they go left is they mm-hmm. start buying the McLarens and mm-hmm. can I go out right now and buy the Porsche Carrera that I really want for my 35th birthday? Sure, go Probably. Do it. Don't call Jerry. I He'll will. Because he will. He, the, <laughs> one, the last down, time I yeah. called him, he goes, Angel, I don't, I'm not probably the one to tell you <laughs> no, not to do it. <laughs> what was that? That was the, that was the Acura, right? That was your car. No, I think that actually was the camper. Was it the camper? Mm-hmm. I yeah. bought a camper. Yeah. And I'm I like, I'm probably camper. not the one to I, I kind of leave them out of that. Like, yeah. If I'm buying a building or doing something for the business, I'll bring them in. But if I have an itch to, like, buy a camp or, right. you know. I'm the a, wrong a, guy. A rare shotgun. You're getting yeah. it. Yeah, you're buying it. Can you write off a camper, Jerry? <laughs> I've been trying. He oh, still hasn't so bought You're raising <laughs> a kid on a lot. Yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, the tow guys do vehicle. need somewhere to write up their vehicle. One. <laughs> 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 One more kid and you can. Yeah. It's called daycare. <laughs> Don Coon daycare. Oh no, we collision. did that this last year. I yanked my daughter out of public school and homeschooled her from the shop. Nice. From April to till she really? went back. Yeah, yeah, I put her in private school. 
Um, I did end up, I do pay tuition. It's nothing like that other school I yeah. ask you about, but we do, but it's it's a great school. Yeah, that, that school, we won't say it, but I'm like, Psh, you're better off getting them a crash pad in Oakmont, send them to River, Riverview. <laughs> I don't know how people are for, and we're talking kindergarten, first grade. Yeah, it's and a lot, It's huh? what? It was, it was like twenty five, twenty six thousand dollars a year Jeez. for regular for kindergarten for one kid. Yeah, kindergarten. I'm like, kindergarten. You could get like a thousand dollar a month crash pad in Oakmont just yeah. out of Riverview. It'd and be pretend cheaper like to just buy them a college degree and say they paid at like Larry. athletics at USC. Yeah. I mean, they did that. Yeah, to tie up this piece, I guess Jerry, like if someone was looking to expand this year, what's out there? I, I mean, we don't have those programs, right? So Lending and stuff. Yeah. Lending is real weird right now. Yeah, rates are up. Obviously, Rate, rates are up. Banks are tight because yeah. they don't know what's coming. Yeah. Um, I'm dealing with some deals now where, you know, like the last couple of years we've been really, really spoiled. Mm-hmm. Um, where we're dealing with even commercial rates in the fours, yeah. low fives. Um, I bought some rental properties and, you know, trying to get a bank to, to do an 80% loan on a rental property and at five and a quarter percent for 25 years, no problem. Mm. Didn't even have to think twice about it. But now we're looking at, you know, we're looking at rates in the sevens if you're lucky. Yeah. Um, banks don't want to go 25 years anymore. They don't want to go 80% anymore. Mm. Um, and then, you know, I've got I've got deals that are pending now where I'm talking to the my my banker guys that I'm working with, and I'm like, man, this is a this is a slam dunk. Like yeah. this guy, like I have a, a cl- client that has had a business, started another business, wanted to buy some some buildings, a piece of land had some buildings on it. And it's a slam dunk. I mean, he makes the great money. Work for, the numbers your, work yeah. all day long. And the bank's response was, well, I don't know. This new business seems to be doing really well. I don't know that that's normal. I'm Sustainable. like, what are you talking about? He's doing really well? I don't know if that's right. I shouldn't get like, money. I'm like, what are we talking about here? And bank's coming back. And, and, you know, we're working on this for six, seven months. So every month they're like, well, we need an updated P&L. Here we go again. Yeah. You know, now we're sending more paperwork every month and, you know, more questions. And, you know, and then banks decide, oh, when a bank decides, what I'm seeing happen a lot is when a bank decides they don't want to do the deal, instead of being like, hey, we don't want to do the deal, (laughs) they come up with some ridiculous request that you're going to be like, what? What? Fuck it, I quit. I'm not doing it. Um, and make you look guy. like they don't want to be the bad guy or they just ghost you, um, which mm-hmm. I've seen banks do. And I'm like, this is amazing. To me. Wow. But it's it's a really weird time for lending. Okay. And um, you got to at this point, you got to have 20, 25, 30 percent to put down. Mm-hmm. Um, what do it, they call that? Skin in the game. Skin in the I've game. Skin yeah. in the game. And what did that come from before? Like where what would you have to have before? When it was good, you on a commercial deal, you had to have 20. Okay. 20 was common. Uh, 20 you could get done all day. It seems like banks are starting to come down. They only want to go 70 75% loan to value. Um, and they're just requesting things that are that are just silly. And um, it, it's definitely gotten more challenging. And then making the numbers work. Like, you know, with real estate, you know, when we, when we buy a property, 
we'll buy it, fix it up, and then we do the cash out refi. We've talked about that in other other episodes, but making the numbers work is becoming really hard because it's like, well, I'm going to be at seven and a half percent on this loan, so my mortgage on this property is going to be you know twelve hundred dollars a month. I can't charge $1,600 a month for rent for this place. So now I'm like, I'm not going to make any money. It's been, it's been really hard to find new deals because the numbers just don't work because the rates are so ridiculous. Now they're starting to come down a little bit, but um, like we're looking at a couple deals now that they're coming in the slow seven, low sevens. But I mean, two months ago, eight, yeah, that's like my like we're in the middle of working one and it's like mid sevens and it's just like you got to do it. I, I, you know the interest rate could be thirty percent, right? And yeah. if you're in business, you've taken chances. That's just another chance you got to take. Yeah. So like as long as the numbers work out, right? As long as it still makes sense with that monthly payment, then yeah. I agree. Um, and like all these real estate uh, real estate agents now are all posting. It's the best time to buy a house, and I'm like. Eh. Maybe not, but <laughs> but they all say, uh, what do they say? Marry the house, date the rate. Yeah. You, you can always refinance. Right. And if the rates come down and the prices then go back up again, then you're not really in any better position, right? Anyway, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, and then you'll deal, with, like, you've been around now four years and working for yourself, and when you go to buy a house again or you do something as a business owner, you're getting dragged. It's yeah, like. It I mean, we put what like forty percent down on my house, and it was still a bunch of hoops to jump through. I'm like, I'm paying, I'm paying my house appraised for almost what double, over double. I was putting forty down, and then they're calling, they're texting him and emailing him about like we need a new P and L, we need, and it's like, I got the cash in the bank to buy it. Yeah, just write the write the loan. So especially a mortgage, you'd think on your home, right? right. Yeah. Now, did you you build or? I bought and remodeled okay. and, and then purchased. It was kind of a unique deal. Yeah, it was unique. But actually, in my experience, Angel, the funny thing is buying a house for personal use is actually harder. Um, it's actually become – there's more regulation on a residential home with the um, Fair Equal home. Opportunity yeah. Housing programs. These banks are under tighter guidelines, and they could be subject to an audit – they have to stick to these numbers, whether it's debt to income, whether it, they, they have to check all these boxes because they can be audited. The government can come in and, and, and ask, okay, well, why did you give him that loan and not her? Because that was outside the, the gray area. And I guess the government just really doesn't care as much about commercial loans. So there's a little bit more leeway, but commercial loans are typically easier to get done than, than residential. But then, but you still have... They may want thirty percent. They may they're going to want a higher rate. So you still have that. You know you're not going to get thirty years thirty year loan on a commercial loan. You just won't. Most banks won't even go twenty five, um, especially now. But there is way more regulation on a on a home than there is on commercial. And now a brief word from our sponsor. This episode of Between Two Bridges is sponsored by Paymark Payroll. Are you tired of spending countless hours juggling payroll calculations, tax filings, and compliance regulations? Well, say goodbye to that chore and let Paymark Payroll take the burden off your shoulders. 
With our secure online portal, you can access your business information from any internet location, even your phone. Employees will love the ability to receive direct deposits, and they can access all their pay stubs, tax forms, and information through their own portal. Focus on growing your business while we take care of the rest. With top-notch customer support, we're always here to assist you with anything, at any time. Don't let payroll stress hold you back. Choose Paymark Payroll and experience the freedom to thrive. Contact us at payyourpeople.com for a personalized consultation and a demonstration of our powerful payroll solutions and see how Paymark Payroll can better your workflow. That's payyourpeople.com. Join the growing list of satisfied businesses that have embraced the convenience and efficiency of Paymark. Payday made easy. Your business deserves nothing less than the best, and that's exactly what Paymark Payroll delivers. Now back to the show. So, hey, Angel, if uh, kids coming out of high school, how would they uh, get into this field? I know you mentioned there's a shortage there. We like to pitch trades because that's, you know, there's a, there is a shortage and a demand. What do you suggest there if they wanted to get into this? Either kind of do what Dawn did. Uh, my husband dive right into a shop. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of like the kid I interviewed today. He's straight out of a, um, I'd call it like a trade school. Okay. But not even that in depth. It wasn't like a four-year biotech type deal. Um, but either jump right in, you know, try to find that mom and pop shop or that independently owned shop, or see if a big corporate shop will take that gamble on you, which a lot are right now because you can't find anybody. So if you go in with a good attitude, you that's what you want to do. Um, it worked for me for the last. He was there about two years. It was his first like flat rate. We we call it flat rate position because the technicians are able to capture the hours that are actually on the work order. So just say it's a ten hour body job, they get that ten hours. Say it's a thirty hour body job, they get that thirty. So like I was saying, the goal is a hundred and ten for the tech. The goal's more than that, but the goal is a hundred and ten per tech. That's a six figure tech. I mean, you can have my prepper. He's 19. I got him straight out of Forbes. I got him when he was 17 or 16, no joke. And now he's a flat rate prepper. I mean, he's making, I wish my boyfriend made that at that age. <laughs> <laughs> he's making great money. And I mean, awesome. when Don Sr. owned the shop, it wasn't a flat rate shop. So Don didn't have that flat rate opportunity. But He's our flat rate painter, and um, they do great. So you would either take that dive, see if someone will take a gamble, go to your Rosedale, what is it, Rosedale Technical Institute. Um, We work a lot with, there's like a whole board at Forbes Trail out in Monroeville. There's like a whole board who takes their students and places them into other shops that's how we got our prepper. We found other entry-level guys there. So you just have to kind of look for an opportunity and go for it. You touched base about the, the national shops. Now, I, I don't ever remember seeing them as a young person. Right. But now it seems like a lot of small shops have sold. That's exactly what's happening. I mean, 
two years ago now, a year and a half ago, um, one of those major, they're called MSOs, multi-shop organization, they knocked on my door. I'm two years into it, and they, they said, hey, we want to buy you. And I go, why me? And they go, like, this is, you know, this is why. And I talk about being a woman in a man's <laughs> world. I mean, if I told you what was presented and how it was presented, you would want to track. I mean, he didn't even offer me a fucking latte. Like, hey, here's a dollar for your business. Um, You going to take it? Ugh. And, like, when I came back with, like, my value in an email nothing you know aggressive or like this is what I'm worth um he's like okay pretty much you'll be knocking on my door uh, and I'm like don't so um but you are right that's the industry now and it, it can it be intimidating yeah so you have your dealerships who have their body shops yeah. your big guys we know who they are around town um and then you have what's called an mso those are those new multi-shop organizations they buy per zip code oh. so their interest is the zip code um, and they have different rules and regulations, unfortunately, than an independent shop has. So they can feed. You may see one in this zip code. They are allowed to feed their shop in that zip code. It's overflow shop. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's a little, uh, but it's, it is what it is. So that's kind of where the industry is going. I mean, you have shops who've been in the game as long as, Don Coon Auto Body. I mean, we've been in the game a long time. Don Senior was the game for a long time. Yeah, they're not time. even buying the name either. Like, yeah. It's not even like it would be Don Coon. Right. right. I mean, there are it. some right now um, that there are some MSOs. They're also knocking in. They do actually let you keep your name, and they have no interest in really running your body shop they it's not yours anymore they're an acquisition company yeah um and they're coming in swooping in the name stays on the sign but they're it's no longer independently owned and it is very much ran corporate at that point but that's where the industry's going and it's scary to see a lot of the guys sell out to those companies because it, it does present a bigger challenge but like i was talking to neil about does it present a bigger challenge because there are people who want to shop at the local hardware shop and not the big chain shops? So you can look at it glass half empty, glass half full type of deal. I think it could jam up some of your purchasing power when you're trying to buy parts. Right. You know, they, they start jamming up those avenues, making your life hell. Well, some of those big hitters, uh, dealership shops, have actually, I mean, they're, they're sponsoring rosedale tech they opened a whole entire parts warehouse i mean we're kind of feeding our competition if you think about it like that but if their warehouse has it and we need it and they're killing the other small guys on prices i mean you got to do what you got to do and it is what it is i mean it's a different entity so do you think that any of that's backed by insurance companies 
funding feed, <laughs> feed money into that system uh, that's 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 uh, that's a giant in itself yeah um because they're unstoppable oh, so if progressive I mean, decides say, tomorrow i i genuinely feel it's a very uh insurance i do this every day it's a very insurance driven industry unfortunately um it shouldn't be you can repair the car without the insurance company, right? right. You, you you wreck your car, I can fix it. I right. mean, you, you're going to pay me, but I can fix it. <laughs> the insurance company can't fix your car without the repair shop. So it you can look at it from any avenue you want. It depends who you're writing for and what side, what team you're on, but... It is their checkbook, so they do unfortunately get to contradict a big portion of the repair. And for the reason of the MSO shops, the dealership shops, I don't know factual, but allegedly I would say I do feel like those MSO shops are given better opportunities, more referrals um, in some situations. Yes. Yeah, it's... It's just, I don't know, my business doesn't have to worry about that kind of stuff, you know? Right. Like, but well, you, you think, you like, you got to worry about getting a bumper cleaned. Mm-hmm. And there's so much, poli- like, bullshit It is, behind it's like the, politics. Yeah. Did you ever see uh, The Good Burger from Nickelodeon? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I always say it's like The Good Burger, like, we're The Good Burger, welcome to The Good Burger, <laughs> and the big hamburger guy's coming to buy us out. Like, yeah. that's exactly what it is. Well, someday that check might be... <laughs> I mean, I've heard like in our industry that we were at a trade show. One of the big franchises said, "You know, we'll give you three and a half times sales." And uh, I looked mm-hmm. ready to do it. and I was like, "You write me a check. I'm, yeah, I'll, I'll, I won't even go back. Goodbye. See I won't you. even tell the people. <laughs> I'll give you the key right now. Yeah, <laughs> I'll stay in New Orleans, bro. <laughs> I mean, there was just a big shop who does like probably around what we would do as far as numbers. And same story. I mean, he just sold to his estimator and never seen that coming in a family-owned shop and his estimator just bought it and i'm like wow that's great like i'm glad to see that versus Uh one of them msos coming in or a dealership because the dealerships are even buying up shops that even sounds good goddamn msos yeah i know i know cochran's been buying up shops right yep yep he's coming in hot boy and it's like I mean, he's a powerhouse. Let's just be honest. It's impressive, and it's it's almost a freaking monopoly. I mean, yeah, he's he stuck owns it out too. Twenty two. Let's be honest. Yeah, there's yeah. not any. Yeah, yeah, he stuck it out too because they came for the the barrels sold. You know, the a lot of lots sold, car lots sold to these bigger companies, and he stuck. Oh yeah, stuck to his guns. Lit, I think it's Lithia. They were a huge. Yeah. They're a huge acquisition company. They came in, bought out like Dave Ford. Yep, bought and sold. Yeah, but now body by clock and he's coming in buying shops like mine yeah and yeah. um i know a couple of people over there who work for him like what i do i was like eh, i mean i'm always ready for a number rob if you want to come over i'm here it's like i'll let i'll let my tech five and a half commercial acres for a used car lot oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let you my tech give you the keys this time. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm <fucking> <laughs> how's no. how's the business changed because i know i was having a conversation my uncle owns a He's a mechanic. He has a repair shop. And uh, he was talking about, he went to a training seminar for programming all the collision sensors and all the radar and the you know, automatic headlights and all that kind of stuff. And he was he was kind of giving me a little bit of the 
story behind all that and how much the how much the industry as a whole is changing because of those sensors and and how some body shops are having to send them to dealers to get reprogrammed and the dealers are charging a fortune and you know half the time the dealers don't even do it right and um and that there's not a lot of small shops that are capable of doing it um which then has its own challenge because you're fixing a car and not necessarily you i'm not sure right. if you're doing it in house but a body shop's fixing a car and then either driving it to a dealer or putting it on the back of a tow truck and towing it to a dealer so now you're tying up your tow truck you're moving a vehicle it's sitting at the dealership so now you may have a customer like hey where's my car while well, it's at the freaking dealership why is it at the dealership I should um, go get there anyway. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You've so, heard this before. <laughs> um, how has and I know that whenever you bought the company, I know one of the first things you did was you changed your paint system and modernized everything. So how has all that stuff changed? And uh, maybe you could tell a little bit about the paint system and everything that you did to try to modernize the shop. The evolution of these vehicles are intense. Um, even five years ago, you didn't have a lot of, what would you call it, amenities on the vehicles that they offer now. Um, so it does present a whole extra stage to the repair process, essentially. Um, mostly all Toyotas now, if you take off a bumper, it don't matter if it's a RAV4, or Corolla, Camry. I mean, we've done three in the last week had to have them calibrated we have one being calibrated monday because when you take the bumper off they have cameras in the front bumper front yeah. grill now the bumper needs calibrated now can the shop do it is the shop capable yeah it's literally going into most settings or into the radio the screen system you hang targets and you aim different what you know whether it's the grill camera whether it's mirror uh, cameras whether it's back cameras you aim them at these targets that almost look like qr codes and it calib it self calibrates essentially but here's the problem each one of those target sets can be 10 grand can be 12 grand and you need it across the board because ford's not using the same ones as uh toyota so can you get Honda, Toyota, Acura, uh, probably in a Target kit? Yeah, but now you need to go get a GM Target kit, a Ford Target kit, a Mopar Target kit. Do you want to invest in that? Because now your shop's taking on the liability of that calibration. And these vehicles, I mean, they're freaking driving themselves. We have a Tesla in the shop right now. I'll, I'll touch on that. That's all. <laughs> Elon Musk, seriously. So <laughs> he... It is cool though. I do think about buying one, but it it does it presents it's a whole nother category added to the repair process. Um, the whole industry in itself is evolving, and I think that is why a lot of guys like Don Senior and you know like Mike's Auto Body and Penn Hill, or in East Liberty they were huge game player independent. I mean, he was there. He's been there forever. City Shop, and he sold. Um, who'd he sell to? Caliber. And, and, um, they, uh, to, to be able to keep up with that financially and have the technicians to do it is intimidating. So we sub all of ours out, um, not to the dealer. We were doing that when this all rolled out and 
we had to do just that. You had to tow it out and ask for transportation time. But there's um, sublet companies now who got smart and created entities and businesses, and they bought the Target kits and the software, and they come right to the shop. We work with a great company and um, two different ones, and they come hang the targets. They use your bay, so you could even get bay time for it, and um, they get it done. And we haven't really, does it add a day, you know, usually they've been good with getting us on the schedule, but sometimes, you know, if it's like this Toyota I have now, it's been done since yesterday, but they can't get us till Monday. So now I'm holding the car insurance paying extra rental you know and luckily they do have insurance to pay that rental or it would be on the customer so it has presented a quite a big challenge but not just calibration everything you know the way they're being made and how they're being made and what they're being made of um can be a challenge you have to keep up with you know you have i bought a Twenty-five thousand dollars spot welder, because I wanted to get certified when I first came back, and our spot welder was apparently out of date. They wanted one that was this year on, and ours wasn't. Worked beautifully, did the job, could spot weld any panel you wanted it to, but so the cost of this equipment, the cost of the certifications, because. If you're writing for an insurance company, they want you to be what's called ICAR Gold. And that program a year, I think, is pushing four grand a year. And that's just to go on the computer and take the same tests every year. Now, your technicians get certified on, like, welding and such, which I'm all for that. Like, you know, this is important stuff we're doing. Your, Mm -hmm. Your families are at risk. So I am, you know, I'm glad it's being monitored somewhere, but... It is a lot to upkeep and uphold. Um, when I came back, shop was what it was. We made it was a um, say it was six bay shop at the time, and we still had the same square footage, but we tore out an old room and now we just got ourselves three bays they say a bay is about two hundred fifty thousand a year i mean so we just cracked almost a million dollars just by tearing a brick wall down (laughs) that stuff that they could have been doing but they weren't but it just takes a young motivated mind to come in and say hey i've seen this working at this shop you're wasting money by storing nuts and bolts in this room what are you doing we did that. That was huge. Like, literally just tore down a wall, and that opened up our whole shop. Yeah, sometimes and another set of eyes changes everything. It like, does. I watched that bar rescue. Yeah, know, I love and, that show. And John Taffer, <laughs> he, he sees things that other people don't see. Right. Um, and um, touching on the paint shop, so we came in. We, um, we were spraying this. I don't want to say it was, like, non-quality paint, but it just wasn't the best paint we could have been spraying. So we upgraded the paint system. We start spraying more expensive paint, but it was a game changer. Now we're not like having color match issues, just the quality, the paints being laid down. Dawn, and I'm not being biased, he can go to any shop. He is a hell of a painter, probably because of his attention to detail, but he is genuinely a good painter. I mean, you've seen the product. So 
now you give this kid who's worked at his grandpa's shop in a freaking hole of a paint shop, you give him a paint system that actually shows what he's <laughs> capable of, then um, we we needed a new booth, uh, and I'm broke as a joke. Like, I have no money. I go to Jerry again, like, hey, I need, like, $300,000. Like, where can I find this? Um, he hooks me up. Well, we go through. I actually didn't go to Jerry at first, and that was a bad mistake. <laughs> so I was dealing with this lady who was not great at what she did, apparently. And um, I he ends up getting me the money. We build the, the new paint shop. Took about a year, but I mean, so proud. Like, talk about seeing your third baby be born. <laughs> it, it, I mean, we broke ground. We had land surveys. You know, I'm seeing this thing step by step be mortared together. You get to pick stuff, you know, like, you get to design it. I'm a woman, so we like that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, we get to pick the paint booth. Me and Dawn, we've gone to SEMA. I don't know if you guys are sure. Yeah, we've yeah. gone to SEMA a couple times. And the year we were building the shop, you know, we, we went to SEMA. You get to see the booth, like, up and in person. So that was all really cool. And just to watch that paint shop be birthed, it was very expensive and scary <laughs> and intimidating. But, I mean, it's going to pay itself off. It probably already has to be honest you have to constantly evolve in the auto body business because if you don't you will get left behind you will be the mom and pop shop who who's getting the jobs that not everybody wants you know you're fixing the 98 dodge neons like (laughs) no offense but that's what my mom drove way back but nobody wants to you know fix that stuff it's their we're a production shop. You're right. And you've made changes. Even the changes that you made in the front end of the shop where the customer walks in and things are clean and modern and stuff like that, that goes a long way. You know, if you're – and you paved a lot, you know, that's something. Because, I mean, you think about it. If somebody has a $100,000 car that needs body work, they don't want to drive through a gravel parking lot. Right. And into a dingy waiting room. And look around and be like, do I want this guy working on my car? My car, um, And you definitely do not get that impression at Don Coon Auto Body. Mm-hmm. Um, the parking lot's paved. There are nice cars in the parking lot. Um, and I can vet, I can say, I mean, the, the product is good. Um, one of the things with your paint system that I liked was that it's all computerized and it tracks usage. Um, and I'm sure you'll remember this, but it's something that I always remembered. You know, you said business, your business has to evolve and all businesses do. And I see, I've had this conversation too many times where when I very first started out, I was working for a TV repair company and they were struggling. And I'm like, it's because nobody fixes these anymore. Like you need to change. Well, I changed to what? I'm like home theater installation. They're, these don't need fixed. They need hung on walls. Right. They didn't listen and they're out of business. So all businesses <laughs> have to adapt. So, you know, the the system for your paint, I, I, you had an, an issue that I remember where one of your painters was using a shit ton of paint. And 
nobody could figure out why is he using so much paint? Like like six times the amount of paint that should have been on that car. And the computer will tell you. Yeah. Because it's it weighs the paint before and after. And then it's like that you know, that piece should not have taken that much paint. Um, and it turns out the nozzle on the on the paint gun, paint gun was too wide. Too wide. Mm-hmm. So he was just spraying too much paint. It wasn't necessarily he wasn't doing anything wrong. Yeah. It just was something was wrong with the with the equipment. Mm-hmm. Which you know, mom and pop shops, Don Kuhn Auto Body before you took over. That would have happened and there happened. There was so and much happened. product over usage down there. It was... And that's money down the drain. Paint's expensive. Oh, oh yeah. 30% going out the vent. Mm. It adds up quick. Yeah. Even like technicians before all of our stuff's monitored. A, tech, a sales rep does not walk into that shop anymore and go to a body tech and say, hey, guy, what do you need today? Which that was the case before. And... When I went in, I mean, they probably were like, get this lady out of here. I mean, I was over at their boxes. I took cabinets off the wall. I mean, there's systems in these big MSO shops, and they do work. I mean, let's be honest. Like Caliber, okay, they started as a mom-and-pop shop. I believe they're from the South. They were like two or three brothers. They take a shop, and they run with it. I mean, why can't Don Coon Auto Body yeah. do that why can't mike's auto body why can't ars over and plum do that they can mm-hmm. they're just not so they take that they run with it and now they're this huge multi-shop organization they probably i think uh they said they were opening or they had plans to open like 200 stores in like the pa area like in our area within like a year or two, and if you notice, they're popping up yeah, everywhere. There's one over on Babcock now. I see. Yeah, they're they're buying up left and right. Don't know where they're gonna get their techs, but <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so they are um, they're popping up, and they have to be able to monitor this stuff. They have to be able to monitor these systems because if you're not, them techs are gonna just. They don't care. They're not buying the sandpaper. They're not buying the filler. They're not buying the glaze. They're not buying the nuts, the bolts. They're going to go in the nuts and bolts drawer and grab three handfuls. And if you don't put these processes into place, you're not going to see. That is all for the house. That's all profit for the house. So when I came in, I'm like, we're, we're not going what they call S5 lean. That means they don't want shelves in the shop. They don't want any flat surfaces to gather over usage parts. They just, everything is literally, that sign is taped. Like there is a piece of tape for that sign. That broom goes there in that taped out area. So I did that in my own version, in my own independent version. And I mean... It's crazy what we've seen and what we're able to bill for now and what they weren't billing for before and and what the tech stopped use, overusing and the amount of money that's able to be made from that is nice. <laughs> penny saved yeah. is a penny earned. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, my, my stepdad was a big anti-workbench guy. 
Like, he never wanted a workbench. And I'm always like, I, you know, I think a nice workbench would be nice. And then you get a workbench, and you're like, well, now it's just covered with shit. Exactly. So I got to go work on this, and then I'm going to spend a half hour cleaning off my workbench. So the no flat surface things. Yeah. I'm a fan. Big they call fan. that, like, lean system, S5. But those shops, they are ran very strict because they're high production. And to be high production, I mean... I think my 330 hours is a lot to drop a week. Um, these shops, like Cochrane and Roval, they're they have to be dropping upwards of like more than a thousand hours a week. I'd imagine. Between Plus, how many techs do you think? I've heard they have like 20 body techs. Yeah, and, and they run two shifts. I mean, some of oh. their stores run two shifts. Yeah, so they they'll have a, a day shift and a night shift. Oh, wow. A lot of painters come in at night. Because, you know, the car is not ready until the yep. evening. So the painter will come, spray. Some pra- painters will go in at 5 a.m. They're done at noon. Dawn schedule is very flexible, and it helps a lot for the kids. Yeah. It's funny. The new co-owner gets a brand-new paint booth. Yeah. They're still changing tires in the gravel, but... <laughs> <laughs> No, we've done a lot of good things. I mean, we upgraded the tow trucks. I mean, our tow truck fleet always was a good fleet, but now it's it's solid. You know, I feel confident in the fleet, the equipment, tire changer. I mean, if you run through, like, the, what's needed to run that business, it's, it's a lot. I mean, I remember when I bought the place, we could not even offer normal health insurance. They had like this, they gave them a dollar amount, but like it was like this weird plan. I'm not even going to speak on it. <laughs> but um, I, I, I remember sitting down with our agent and was like, yes, like I get to give this to the guys. Like, mm-hmm. and then I got a 401k match plan. Wasn't that just last year? I think I implemented yeah. that. Yeah, I think so. And, like, that's huge being able to offer that whenever you have these big guys like, I'll give you a $10,000 sign-on bonus because simply they can because they're doing this on quadruple the level I am. Um, So we're keeping up. We're trying. I think we're talking along pretty darn well. And I concur. So I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask this. And this kind of takes us full circle to the beginning when you said you got rear-ended at the 40th Street Bridge. All growing up, right past Lambros Lounge, there was a body shop on the right-hand side that got consumed in the 28 expansion plan. But they had it painted in like eight-foot letters. We'll save you your deductible up to $1,000. Is that an old-school thing? Yes. Is that, that's like, that can't be possible <laughs> nowadays. No, so what that means, just like... For the knowledge, I think we could have quite several episodes on the knowledge of <laughs> yeah. how this all works. But what that means is when they say we'll save you, you know, you have a $500 deductible, we'll save you that. They're not doing something. Okay. So if you come in, fender, bumper, headlight, it's an $800 repair. You have to pay your 500 at the end. The insurance pays the 300 When they say we're saving that, you're getting your car back with a bent fender. It might be spray painted, but those are the shops <laughs> who are cutting the corners or like your rad supports cracked in half might not even be in the car. You'd type a deal. <laughs> yeah, and I think with the insurance being so, like you're, you're a, 
you know, State Farm Progressive. We do a ton of DRP work. Yeah, so you work directly with the insurance company. So the insurance company is part of the entire process. So there's nowhere to cushion that $500. No, gone are those days because every single estimate we write is what's called desk reviewed. It's audited. And now, even within the last five, eight years, it's electronically audited. So, like, before the desk reviewer would have to call you and you'd be, like, belittled, like, your estimate sucks. like, <laughs> And you'd just have to be like, okay, thank you so much. And you'd have to make all their changes. Now it's, like, almost like AI does it before it hits their desk so you have an opportunity to make those changes where they want to see them. Um, but yeah, it's. Yeah. I always it's, thought that was just like Red Flag City right there. Like yeah. that dude just painted it with a paint Super Red on Flag his City. People still ask. I mean, we get it every day. It's I, old school, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I just had a lady, like, her motor's so blown up, not related to her claim. Like, her glass was broken. That was it. Someone dropped right in. And there's so much oil buildup on this vehicle. Mm. I was like, hey, she's like, do you think that could be related? I'm like, no. (laughs) And by the way, you have like this really high deductible that's like barely even over that amount. And she's like, oh, well, can you like save that? And I'm like, no, that's not how this works anymore. (laughs) It's just not it. Yeah, even in like dry cleaners, I have buddies that have had customers and I've had people ask me, they'll come in and they'll be like, hey, can you say like, I lost an Armani suit. <laughs> and I'm like, no, man. Like, it, I put Brand Keller fabric in the machine. Right. Like, I'm not I'm not going to jail for you. Like, like yeah. I have my car broke into, and I need a receipt saying I had an Armani suit. I'm like, what do I get out of it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Nothing. Not jail time. Yeah. Right. Worrying at night whether you're going to get jammed up yeah. over somebody's bullshit. Arrested at my kid's t-ball game. Right. <laughs> so... Very impressive, Angel, your, your willingness to keep growing. So uh, after Jerry signs off on the Porsche, where do you, you know, <laughs> what's, on, what's on the horizon here? Is it just continue expansion? Where do you see yourself uh, in five years? Um, hopefully my mortgage is paid off because that's where, right where I'll be. Mm-hmm. Um, opportunities do keep presenting themselves as far as like if, I, if we're going to sell out, just to be honest. Mm-hmm. As I sit here right now, the correct number has not been presented to me. Um, I had a conversation with a big hitter in the game a few months ago, and they asked me that same question, and I answered it the same way as I and Dawn, we genuinely love what we do. Um, Like I said earlier, if I wasn't a shop owner, I'd be an estimator somewhere. Um, So I think five-year goal, pay the shop off, get there, and then from there see where our staff is and see if it's our time to keep going or if somebody knocks on the door with the correct number, you know, do we become one of those businesses? I really hope not. Yeah. Um, my first the my first year my goal was and I was even looking at other shops to buy I want to be one of those big hitters. I want to be an MSO, essentially. So it kind of depends what life brings. Once that mortgage is paid off, you might like all that money coming in that you don't have to send back out. I think about it quite frequently. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The closer you get to the end note, it's like, man, that's going to be an extra 800 bucks in my pocket. (laughs) But you know what? You're, you're, You're a true entrepreneur, right? 
I'm trying to be. Yeah, yeah, you're doing a great job. And even when you pay that house off, that money's not coming into your pocket. Right, you're right. That's not how it works. You're 100% right. You'll buy a shop or you'll buy a new paint booth or something better. But I circled here. I think it's crazy. You know, life's what comes and presents itself to you. But this all started with running out of gas. Yep. (laughs) Running out of gas. So... Back when gas was not five dollars a gallon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's so, literally where it started. It's uh, it, you're in a you're in a predominantly man opera uh, male operated field, but I think what you have going for you more than like anything else is that you're young. You know, it's a young person's game now. Right. And if we're getting to the age like we're all forty this year, you said you're thirty five. You know, people before us were old at forty. And they were they were done, and we're all just getting started. Right. And I, I look forward to seeing you grow. I, you know, Thank you. I'd be more happy to hear you bought a shop than you sold a shop. Right. Me <laughs> too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. You too. And as the co-owner <laughs> of Dawn's, still waiting for that new rate card, bud. <laughs> <laughs> that would be Dawn's too. He he has zero. He doesn't want to sell. No. Well, it's he his family it's business. His, yeah. So, you want to bring it home, bud? Yeah. How do people get in touch with you? Obviously, I think you're saying you sell cars. You need help. How do How do we get a hold of you? Um, call the shop. Yeah. 412-795-2240. We have a shop Facebook, Don Coon Auto Body. We have a shop um, Instagram, Don Coon Auto Body. Um, okay. That's where we're at. Doing anything on TikTok? Not on TikTok necessarily, but I want to. I always think it is, I always had the idea, like, when you started podcasting, I'm like, let me check this out, because I think somebody with some knowledge needs to start an Auto World podcast. Very interesting topic, like, and you can go for episodes with the amount of information that, I'm like, you don't know this? Like, (laughs) how do you drive a car and not know how this works? Collision. There's a lot of that stuff, and I learned that whenever I started doing those videos a long time ago. There's a lot of stuff that we take for granted that we know because we live in the worlds that we live in. Most people don't know that stuff. Right. And I think the same thing. Like, what, you don't know this, this, and this? No. I don't. Who knows that? Oh, well, maybe I should put that in a podcast. Yep. Well, our goal, like, when we first started this was we were, like, not a goal, but one of our ideas was, like, finally get a space and set it up to where it's revolving so people could come in and film an hour set. Yeah. And because we, like we have the equipment, we have the guy, you know, like, and so if you're, we should probably, if you get interested, let us know. Yeah. I mean, we're learning a lot through this process, yeah, so yeah. this will all probably be edited out. But I think that's the next, <laughs> this is the next biggest thing, honestly. Yeah. I mean, everybody has a podcast. I'll sit down and I watch them for hours. Like that's what I like watching. Me and too. Don will walk in and he's like. I do watch like a lot of girl, girl, women stuff. So. You don't watch like the volleyball in the door pumping it up, popping the dents out, hot water on the bumper. Absolutely <laughs> not. We long. leave that at the shop. Um, but this shit can't work. Hot water on a plastic bumper. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I mean, I seen someone use oodles and noodles to try like uh, fix a dent in a bumper, and it it worked. They got it into paint by using it like a piece of like mesh. I oodles and noodles. Yeah. I had backed into something, just a, a little fender bender, and I had a guy approach me at a Walmart parking lot, and he took a torch to it, and it's it came good. right yeah. out. Your, I mean, some stuff car? comes out. This was my old Chrysler. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Do you ask for I didn't believe. I didn't. I was like, 
go ahead. You know, I have to pay more than what I'm going to pay you. It's like and he a did fucking it. snake on uh, the shoulder. It wasn't perfect. <laughs> Take a picture. Five dollars. Yeah, it was well. Wow. But, um, Angel, thank you so much. Very, yeah. very impressive. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being our first female on the yeah. show. Thanks for the killed invite. Killed it. Killed it. Absolutely killed it. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Between Two Bridges, a business-to-business podcast. Find and follow us on your preferred podcast streaming platform. Like and subscribe, and leave us a rating and review. You can join us socially on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Yes, we still call it Twitter. You can email the show at info at bridgespodcast.com. Until next time, make it till you rake it.